0: All right, good morning, Village Church. Um, For those of you who are new, um, the first two Sundays of every year, um, we have what's called, uh, usually in the past, mission and money Sundays. Now we call them vision and generosity Sundays. And the first Sunday of the year, we tell the church, here is what we're doing this year. Here's the mission of our church. Here are um, some of the goals that we want to accomplish. And if you look in your notes on the right side, you can get a a general overview of our major goals for 2015. And the second sermon of every year is Generosity Sunday. And this is where we like to make things awkward. We love to talk about money and serving and giving. um, Really, truly, our prayer is to bless the Village Church and uh, we want this morning to be something where the Holy Spirit does really good work in you and we can build bridges to help you um, be who he wants you to be. So are you ready for a sermon on generosity? Yes. Amen? Good, awesome. Yeah, it was a little weak sauce, but we'll go from there. We'll, by the end, we'll get a little more excited. Um, Bill Hybels preached a sermon on generosity and somebody in the church sent me the sermon and I, wanna, um, I just want to rip off his introduction. He has some awesome questions that really got to the heart of What is generosity actually? Because many of us think we're really, really generous because we compare ourselves to people who give or do less. Uh, But these questions help to expose what really is generosity. So question number one. Someone steals a valuable piece of equipment from his workplace, sells it on eBay, and takes some of the proceeds and makes a donation to charity. Technically, is that generosity or fraud? Fraud. Some of you are like, "Oh no, I thought that counted." You know, it doesn't count. Let's talk. Um, number two, someone gets a bonus and offers a part of it to a leader of a nonprofit, but there are strings attached. She tells the leader, "You can have this gift for providing it. You use it in the way I want you to use it, and in the time I want you to use it, and for the pet project I want you to use it for." Is this generosity or? manipulation. Manipulation every time. Someone with an underachieving high schooler, none of you, um, makes a huge donation to his alma mater. Is that generosity or strategic planning? (laughs) Yes. Someone makes $60,000 a year, rarely if ever gives to a local church, but they go to a Christmas service and they give a hundred dollars to the church. Don't answer this, but is that generosity or maybe the easing of a conscience? Here's the one that when he asked this, I'm like, okay, Bill, where are you going? And this one really just got to me. He said, somebody makes $60,000 a year, prayerfully takes 10% of each paycheck all year long and supports the work of their local church. Is that generosity or is that obedience? Some of your heart's just you're, yeah, this is, its a mess in here spiritually. I want to define generosity for you because I, th- I think what this does is it exposes some of our wrongful thinking and generosity. I want to give you a more beautiful definition of generosity. I want to give you a more compelling gener- uh, definition. And so here's the definition uh, I want to work with this morning. Excitedly giving away what is designated for yourself with no strings attached or let's make it as simple as humanly possible joyful giving beyond obedience so pop quiz Uh, everything God has given you whose is it God's and who gets to determine how it's spent God, and generally speaking, we break things up into two categories, okay? Um, there is what God tells you to give away. This is what we call first fruits, okay? Um, before you do anything else, you give God your first, your best for his mission. Now, you go before the Lord, you and your spouse or your family, you pray about that, and and the Lord will lead you what to, to whatever percentage that might be, okay? Um, and and so the rest of it, the Lord says, okay, it's yours. Live. Do what you want. Pay your rent. Go out to eat. Enjoy your life. Go on vacation. You know, like... Um, uphold like biblical principles uphold your priorities love god love your spouse love your kids um serve your church but like the money is yours like you allot this in a way that you want but here's the deal like this first fruits right that's mine okay and so here's what happens so many of us say you know what i prayed about it and the lord told me to give 10 percent of my income and we start self-identifying as generous and i want to redefine this for you because don't get me wrong obeying is amazing somebody give me an amen on that right all right Um, But generous is different than obedience, okay? So generous is when you take what is yours, you're free to do with it whatever you want, and you give it away begrudgingly. No, is that generosity? No, Um, you're not a curmudgeon, okay? You give it away. And you give what is yours, what you could spend on yourself, what you could consume for yourself or hoard for yourself, and you give it to other people or you use it with other people, you bring other people into that experience. There's a difference between obedience and generosity. And so here's my simple goal this morning is I want you to experience the absolute joy of generosity. Now, we're not talking about money right now. I just want you to get this straight. We have not approached the subject of money. I'm not telling you what generosity is toward yet, but we're gonna get there, all right? But there are a few preliminary things that I think we just need to talk about. Number one, is generosity measured in quantity? No, you could give 10 bucks and that might be more overwhelmingly generous than the person who gave 10,000 can possibly understand generosity first and foremost is not quantity it is above and beyond what the Holy Spirit has told you to tithe or to give to your local community that's that's what generosity is number two want to get this out there Uh, no one at the end of this sermon is going to be the most generous person that has ever existed right you could listen to a hundred sermons from the most amazing communicators spiritually gifted people on the planet right and you still will not attain to the pinnacle of generosity generosity growing in generosity is a life long experience and every year of your life the lord will be prompting you to greater levels of generosity in creative ways, in financial ways, in relational ways, in verbal ways. And the Lord has this way of making us more and more giving and selfless the longer we're Christians. And so here's the challenge, okay? Um, My goal this morning is not to make anyone feel guilty. If the Holy Spirit wants to do that, He can do that. My goal, very simply, is to share with you what God's Word says, build some bridges for you to be as generous as possible, and then let you and the Holy Spirit duke it out. Sound good? So none of this is about guilt in any way, shape, or form. Uh, I don't believe in guilting people. Guilt produces short-term obedience where people burn out or grow bitter. And so my goal, my desire, is that whatever the Holy Spirit presses on you in your life, Is not that you'd be the most generous human ever alive, but that you would take one more step toward greater generosity in your life, okay? Uh, I am not the most generous person on the planet. God is still working in my life, even just preparing this sermon. God convicted me of a lot of things. Now, because we're talking about money, I have a whole lot of caveats before we get into this. Here's my second caveat. Some of you are like, oh my gosh, it's my first week in church, and they're preaching on money. Ugh, Right? I think you're going to really enjoy this by the time you get to the end of it, right? But there are two reasons people hate sermons on money 99% of the time. Reason number one, uh, you were in a church or you're watching TV or you read a book of some imbecile who tried to use you for your money, extort money out of you, lie to you and tell you that God loves you the more money you get. If you buy the prayer cloth, you're going to magically get healed and blessings will flow. Uh, The list goes on and on and on and on, right? I am not that guy, okay? I don't want your money at all. All I want is for God to have more of your heart today. That's it. Right? I don't care if you give more money. I don't, it's not my concern right now. I'm going to let you and the Lord duke that out. But number one reason um, is because there are a bunch of idiots who preach stupid things, and I use that word on purpose because they nauseate me and water down and destroy the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so I want you to notice We don't want your money. Okay? We're not broke. We want your heart to be given fully to God. The second reason people hate sermons on money. I'm going to get a little personal here. It's cuz you're an idolater and you love your money and stuff and the word of God is this way of like hovering over our souls when we disobey it, right? And and really what you're battling is some of your own idolatry. I have no issues exposing your idolatry, but um, I'm just going to let the word of God do that for you. My my desire for you this morning though is very simple. I my hope is that at the end of this, you can leave and say that was the first sermon that dealt with money that I was excited about right so we'll see if that works you can let me know at the end um, you can throw stones at me if it's not so here's what we're gonna do we're gonna look at a passage of scripture and then I'm gonna give you some so what so open up your Bibles to 1st Timothy it's in the New Testament chapter 6 verse 17 1st Timothy chapter 6 verse 17 as you're turning there I'll read the f- first few words Paul says to Timothy as for the rich in this present age. Pause. I preached a sermon, I don't know, a year ago or so on this text, and I want to remind you of what I said then. Question, don't answer it, just answer it in your brain. Are you rich? Some of you answered. So disobedient. Oh, I'm kidding. <laughs> okay, well, some of you are like, I'm not rich. You know, I'm in debt. Let me, I want to just, Give you some categories you us we i we have the best food in all of human history somebody give me an amen Amen. i mean in one week i can eat puerto rican food indian food chinese food sushi japanese i mean i can eat from all over the globe In one week, and I don't even think twice about it, I mean, I am just indulging in the greatest cuisines made by some of the greatest chefs, like my wife and my mother-in-law. Yeah, gotcha. Um, We are so blessed beyond anything that I could possibly imagine. Kings of old did not eat like we eat. Access to spices that once cost their weight in gold and caused wars. We go to these aisles in Jewel or Walmart, wherever you shop, right? And there are thousands of these things. I mean, just, I'm amazed. There's a spice for everything, right? And these things used to be worth their weight in gold. Things that people never even dreamed of tasting are just commonplace every day for you and me. It's unbelievable. You have the best clothing in all of human history even that stuff you buy at target and walmart is of better quality than the majority of the world has ever had in all of human history you have the best shelter in all of human history insulated regulated heated cooled styled spacious yards playrooms workout rooms master bedrooms multiple bathrooms guest rooms the list goes on and on and on are you rich somebody give me an amen here we're not done yet you have the best Water in all of human history. Cleaned, purified, triple filtered, bottled from springs, from wells, from tiny obscure islands all over the world, shipped and delivered in drinkable bottles, waiting for you to enjoy it any moment. Are you rich? Best water on the planet. This is not debatable. Go to Starbucks, and you get a venti ice water. Triple filtered, delicious, amazing. Some of you are thinking, I can't believe you just encouraged us to go to Starbucks. If you just go to Starbucks, Take it to the man. Don't order anything because it actually costs them like 10 cents to get water. So just go order water all the time and stick it to them, okay? But their water is unbelievable. It's the best water on the planet, and there's no debating that, okay? Uh, You have the best infrastructure ever in all of human history, and we put Rome to shame roads water sewage trash pickup electricity gas electrical cable internet satellites cell phones energy the list goes on and on and on I mean you and I live like the Kings of old we're not done you have access to resources more resources and learning than anyone else in all of human history education at the tip of your fingers the answer to any and all of your questions with the push of a button. Siri, how many atoms are in my brain? And apparently she measures it and tells me. Free education online, degrees in any field imaginable, and resources and perspectives on any subject ad nauseum. On top of that, you have more access to God's Word than anyone else in human history. With a touch of a couple buttons, I have access to thousands of Bibles on my iPad, thousands of books, all preloaded and searchable by word. Logos is amazing. If you live in America, statistically you're the wealthiest 2% in all of the world. More than half the world lives on less than $2 a day. Anyone make it here? $2 a day? We have so much stuff that the container and organizational stores are a multi-million dollar business every... We have so much junk that we pay money to store all the stuff that we're not using right now, right? I mean, it's unbelievable. So question, can you remember a time when you ever lacked anything essential to live? Even close. I can't. I mean, the closest you've gotten, right, is is barely touches, barely touches what so many people in human history have experienced on a daily basis. You're broke is humanity's opulence. Now, you don't need to feel guilty. Is this a guilt sermon? Somebody say no. Praise God for the opulence you've been able to live in. I can't say it any other way. If anybody in the world should be generous, it should be us. Because not only do you have all this stuff, you have the Holy Spirit of God inside of you who wells up profound and beautiful levels of generosity. That's just what he does. So now that we've established nobody in this room can say, I'm not rich, let's go back to the text. First Timothy chapter 6 verse 17. As for the rich in this present age, charge them, command them, like tell them sternly. Not to be haughty means do not think more highly of yourself than you ought to think. nor to set your hopes on the uncertainty of riches. Anyone have a lot of money in the stock market and lost it in like 2008 and 9 and 10, right? No one's answering that question out loud, but some of you are like... Do not set your hope on the uncertainty of riches, but on God who richly provides us with everything to enjoy so you rich they are to do good they are to be rich or abundant or generous in good works to be generous and ready to share ready does not mean okay i'm ready let me know when ready means eager it means chomping at the bit it means pumped okay because there's something that happens in the christian when you haven't just been given all this but the holy spirit of god is inside of you i want to ask three questions number 1 village church who has determined How much money and how many resources you personally have? God. So your raise you got, the job you have, the job you lost, there is a level of providence that pervades every aspect of your money and stuff so that no human can step back and say, look how awesome I am that for some God has allotted a lot more money than others for some he said to you your your household limit is forty some thousand dollars this year and you're gonna figure that out for some it's less for some it's five six seven ten times that much money and the Lord at the end of the day he chooses who gets what when there's a level of Providence that pervades every aspect of our resources and our finances right so question number two this is a little trick question we'll see how smart you are who determines your standard of living two answers it's God and you because God has given you a certain amount of resources and you can't live beyond those resources unless village church you're in credit card debt stop that cut them up get rid of them figure it out okay Um, you're not supposed to do that okay so unless you overextend yourself but God has given you a lid and that lid is the amount of money you can live in but inside that lid inside that bottle right you're able to do a certain amount of things and here's the reason most of us are broke and struggling it's because we most not all catch me most have not used it wisely so God gives us more than we need to do what he asks us to do and then we misuse it and go back to him and say you haven't given me enough and he's like in fact if you would have listened to me I gave you everything you needed and then some to do everything I've asked you to do and so for most of us, we step back and we're just complaining. We're saying, oh God, who determines your standard of living? It's a combination of you and God. I want you to catch something here that for some of us, there's a tendency to complain about our standard of living. Um, other people have more. Of course, there's none of you in this room. It's just other people, right? But I want you to catch, I want you to catch this. If God has determined the quantity of money and stuff that you have, when you complain who are you complaining toward God so your subtle complaints which I know in your heart you're not directing to him and saying oh forget you God if you knew what you were doing right I know that's not your intention but God is the one who determined that and every complaint at the end of the day gets redirected and it's an accusation to God that he is insufficient or he is stingy or that he has not been generous enough or that he has not pulled his end of the bargain and so this idea of why God hates complaining and grumbling, just read the Old Testament, like he kills people who do that a lot, right, is because it is an accusation against his goodness and kindness and provision. And so one of my desires is that at the end of this, that you would go home and you would eat your food, you go out to eat whatever you do, and you would just be filled with gratitude. Like, I can't believe God has given me all of this. I live at this time in history and have more than I could ever possibly need. Third question why have you been given everything you have so if you look down at the text at the end of verse 17 there's two words and here's what he says he's given you everything he's been generous to you to enjoy hear me if you don't enjoy what god has given you it's sin god is so gracious he is so generous he lavishes he gives so much And while we're complaining, he's like, you have more than you could ever possibly imagine. Enjoy it. So catch this. When you do go out to eat or whether or not somebody makes food for you today, I mean, enjoy every second of this. I mean, enjoy the clothes he's given you. Enjoy the cars you have. Enjoy the friends you have. When you watch the NFL, just enjoy the— Whatever you do, enjoy every good gift that God has given you. He is so good to you. He is so profoundly uh, amazing at how much he has blessed you. Whatever your complaints are, his generosity and grace and love far exceed any of your complaints that you could have toward God he's amazing to you and I just my prayer for you is that you would enjoy this there's this um, little phenomenon that happens when my wife and I do premarital so many of you in this room we've done your premarital counseling and when we get to the money part, this funny thing happens, okay? Uh, they put together their budget. They tell us how much money they make. And we try to make sure they have all the money they're going to need, and they budget accurately. Can I get an amen from moms and dads who have kids who are married, right? You just, you know this. You're like putting your money in the right places. Are you going to be broke? Are you acting ridiculous? And so every time, except for like one or two occasions, um, couples are like almost embarrassed of where they're putting their money. Oh, I know that's a lot of money to eat out, you know? Oh, I know we probably don't need to do that much. And I'm like, I don't care how you spend your money. I really don't I care that you've given God first you your best your first for his mission that you obey him there and the rest of it right that's yours live on it but here's what I want to tell you with all the rest of that here's what you're supposed to be generous so as you eat out bring people into your home these beautiful awesome homes you have this awesome food that you make all the time bring people into your life When you get these awesome gifts bring them into it when you have more than you could possibly imagine give people who don't have those things uh to enjoy Uh, give 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 but enjoy it enjoy it and i I am not against anybody i mean sometimes again i don't know why the lord allows some people to travel all around the world and some people can't even spend a night in a hotel downtown i don't know why he does that but i know he's smart and i know that anybody god doesn't want to give something to i don't want to give it to and i say hey god if you want to you know me to you know Somebody give me a million dollars, cool. And he's like, no, I don't think that's good for you. <laughs> okay, you're smarter than me. I won't take it, fine, all right? Um, but point being, God's really, really smart. When he does give it to you, he says, enjoy it. And then take that. Don't just hoard it and say, mmm, so good. Give it away. Give it to as many people as you can. Uh, let other people enjoy it with you. Life is so much more beautiful and sweet as you do that. So here's what he says. There's two motives he gives. And uh, look at verse 19. Here's what you do. When you live generously, when you take all that's yours and you just give it away and you share it with people. Number one is you store up for yourself a treasure for the future that is a good foundation. Now I don't know whether or not this means an earthly future or a heavenly future, but here's here's what Paul wants to make very, very clear. If you live generously in the future, whether it's heaven with rewards or whatever that looks like, or whether it's in the future, you will never, ever, ever regret it. Okay? I have never been generous, and said I regret that. I feel worse from being generous. Right? Anyone in here? Don't answer that question because probably one of you is like, gonna shut me down on that. But I, to date, right? Every time I'm generous, I'm like, that was worth it. I should do that more. Like that was actually fun, you know. And uh, I, and this is the way that God is wired that it will never go bad for you if you're generous. Okay? And here's the second thing he says is number two, and this one just verse captures me. So that why should I be generous? So that they may take hold of that which is truly life. Like the blindness of sin and culture, they say hoard, hoard, hoard. But what you don't know is that it actually kills your soul. And that God has made us and wired us and fashioned us so that when we release our stuff, so that we give it away, so that we enjoy it and bring other people into that process, so that our possessions are not just seen as ours, but how can I help other people? What can I do for the needs of the church or for the needs of my community group or for my family or whatever it might be? That there's something about this posture of giving and of generosity, not just your tithe, but of what is yours. That in that, you begin to realize that is real life that is the life that which god has wired us to live that's actually the posture that creates the most amount of joy so right now right the holy spirit i can't see him i wish i could but he's working right and he's putting ideas into people's brains little spiritual light bulbs are going off and and the holy spirit's like i could give that away i could bless this person with that i could do this i could have that person over for dinner that person doesn't have this i have 17 of them they might be able to use one right god is working right now and he is moving in hearts to prompt you to greater levels of generosity. Do not quench it. I had one woman come up to me and say, I stopped listening to the second half of the sermon because I was writing down all the ways that God was wanting to be more generous. And so I just want to encourage you, as God is working, you will experience the Christian life and joy more than you could have ever imagined. It's really beautiful. I, w- I want you to catch something if you haven't caught it already. I don't want anything from you. Do you get that? I want something for you. I want you to have life. I want the power of sin to be destroyed in your life. I want the greed and the hoarding that has so defined you for so long to be killed. I want you to experience that which is truly life. I want to make this very tangible now. In your notes you'll see there's three words, time, treasures, or times talents, treasures. And very simply, uh, I want to walk through with you for what 98% of people, I would say. It's the evolution of generosity. And I want to make sure you understand, again, something very clearly. No matter where you're at in generosity or obedience, this is not a guilt sermon. And if the Lord has just started to work in your heart and move you to deeper levels of generosity, and it's very basic, I want you to know I praise God for the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. And here's what I think God wants to do this morning, is He just wants you to take one more step toward generosity. And I want to show you some of the steps I think that people typically take and what this looks like. And so the first one on here you'll see is your time. This is the generosity of time. This is where most people start. And this is when you give away um, your time to simply meet the needs of a ministry or of another person. And this is fairly easy. Okay? It doesn't require a lot of you. It doesn't require your money. It just requires a few hours a month or a week or a year. And when God moves in your heart to this level of obedience, here's what I want you to know. I praise God that He has worked in your life enough so that you want to start giving your time for the mission of Jesus Christ. I praise God. And so some of you have started and you're, you, you feel like you're obedient. And what God's going to ask you to do, I think, is He's going to say, now be generous. Now now step it up. I'm not asking you to give me 10% or 80% right now. I'm just asking you to take one more step forward. I'm asking you to be a little more generous, a little less stingy, and as you do that, you'll begin to experience a little bit more of that which is truly life. There are a few illustrations I want to just share with you about this. I looked this morning, and I just kind of looked out, and I thought to myself, what What are examples of this real time? And none of these people know what I'm about to say, so this might embarrass some people. But uh, generosity is when you show up for two full Saturdays and all day yesterday, and you give your time to put up stage lighting and to figure it out and to get all the kinks worked out and the wires and the cables and all that other stuff for multiple, multiple, multiple hours. That's generosity. That's above and beyond. That's tapping into your Saturday, which is for you, and giving it away generosity is when uh, he has no idea i'm going to say this but when john rocky gets up at god knows what hour in the morning and goes 45 minutes away to his work to get a lift so we don't have to pay for it and he brings it here so it's here by 7 30 in the morning on a saturday that's generosity that's above and beyond right uh, that is just a heart that is a movement of the holy spirit that honestly if you ask me to do i'm like john you're more generous than me because <laughs> i love sleeping so um uh, so um you know children's ministry workers you guys are here at nine i want to direct your heart and attention to somebody else in this church because i know it's hard to get here at nine especially if you got kids Our worship team shows up at 7 a.m. or earlier every single week on top of their practice on Wednesday nights okay just to give you an idea that to me that's like above and beyond that's like that is a lot of hours in a week that is they are here from 7 a.m. until 1 p.m. every single Sunday on top of the hours there they give up sleep I love when I see one or two of them bring their kids in at 7 a.m. I don't know how their kids are making it but amazing that to me I look at that and I think Man, all of my complaints, it just puts it to shame. I got to get here early. Wham! Look at the musicians, right? They're amazing. Like that is such a spirit of generosity that I just, I love. Um, Every Sunday for years and years and years and years, most of you have no idea this happens. Mike Luer walks the perimeter of our church and he picks up trash all the way out. It could be freezing cold. Sometimes I drive around and I just love and I thank God for his service and what he does. Uh, He makes sure that our facilities and grounds are presentable. And he is so concerned and it is so amazing. Every time I see that, here's what goes in my mind. That is a move of the Holy Spirit because nobody does that by nature. When I could just keep going. Well we'll go to point number 2 because I could talk for days on this stuff but all of that like those are just ways where you step back and you say that's the holy spirit that's that's men and women students giving their time but the next one is your talents this is a little bit more personal This is your skills. This is the things you're good at. This is the thing that for many of us our identity is in, right? Um, And this is where we give our um, talents and skills for the building up of people or accomplishing ministries. The Bible calls this using your spiritual gift or your spiritual ministry. It's a ministry the Holy Spirit has uniquely wired you for. And uh, this gets a little bit more personal, I think. This is a little bit harder for some people. And I want to um, illustrate this. One of the funniest events, I, so Brian Allen, he, again, he has no idea I'm saying this either. You remember Brian? He's our sound guy. He, does, he oversees all of our audiovisual stuff. And so Brian became a, a, a Christian three, four years ago, something like that. Anyway, so Brian and I start meeting, and I think, what's the best way to mentor a guy who knows nothing, really, and is uh, just kind of figuring out spiritual things? So we studied systematic theology, right? So that'll be fun. Bought him this thousand-page book, right? We're, like, We're gonna read this. So we get together brian is a whiz at all things sound tech sound training ava all that kind of stuff he went to school for it. he teaches he's just the man right and he uh looks at me and says look if you i'm not doing anything here unless you pay me like if if i'm going to do anything i'm going to make sure you pay me for this so don't think i'm just like here to like at your every whim to do whatever you know you want me to do here i'm like bro i don't want you to do a thing i just want to teach you systematic theology that's all i want to do Within six months, the Holy Spirit so dismantled his heart and put him back together. I mean, to date, he is one of the most generous human beings I've ever met. He's not rich, but i tell you, he is generous with his words, with his time. There is nothing he wouldn't do for you. I mean, I come in here, and I could be grumpy, and he's like, Michael, relax, it's all good. I mean, just the joy and the generosity that flow from him, it's amazing. And I look at Brian, and I look at these guys, and I think to myself, that is a move Of the holy spirit that is somebody where god has gifted him and given him skills and all this stuff and he brings the best of him and he doesn't do it with any expectation of anything in return and that's simply a move of the holy spirit so this um, last all last week and past christmas i was sick and it was annoying and last sunday i got up and i'm like oh i'm sick and then monday i got and i sit down at my computer and i'm putting together this message and I, you know when you're sick and your brain is clogged and you can't think, anyone ever been there, right? So I sit down, I get some administration done, it's just before noon, and I pray. I'm like, God, I'm so tired, my head hurts. I just, I don't want to get up in front of this church and say, you gotta serve, and guilt them. And and God, I get to see this perspective, like I see people serving and doing stuff in generosity. Will you just, will you give me illustrations this week of what's kind of just happening Um, So I can just encourage our church with it. So I have this bright spiritual light turns on, and I hadn't really checked all my emails. I hadn't checked my texts, and I didn't check my voice messages. And little did I know that um, before I'd even prayed this, that God was orchestrating um, a number of emails, text messages, and voice messages um, to give me exactly what I needed. I'm going to do is I'm going to read them for you. And these are all of the emails and text messages that I received between Sunday, January 4th at 1.37 p.m., And and Monday, January 5th at 11.38 a.m. Um, After I just got done praying, I went back and here's what I found. And you tell me whether or not the Holy Spirit is prompting and moving people to take greater steps of generosity. First email I got, I'll read them in order. I need to do a job at VCOB. So if you have a project or a weekly job that needs shouldering, lay it on me. I'm all about doing my part to save hiring someone to do a job which could just as easily be volunteer-run. Either I jump in the water, I'm going to dry up, thanks bro we set up a meeting for this week next email I'd like to chat with you sometime to talk about where I fit in now and in the future of the village church this is a good talk by the way I'm not discouraged or anything I just figure my family and I are planning to be here for a long time so having a a vision or a goal to work toward is better than just winging it so here's what I'm thinking for starters and he lays out his ideas I'm probably getting ahead of myself but I feel like I've wasted a lot of the last 10 years waiting next email I'm just opening up my emails by the way after I just prayed this and this is what's going on Next email. I have an idea that I'm really passionate about, and I was wondering if we could sit down for lunch and I could share it with you before I get ahead of myself. I love these emails. We set up a meeting for the next week. Another email. Uh, this is a phone call, sorry. Could you please call me when you have a free moment? I have a really interesting idea that I'm very excited about and want to talk to you about. Like, wow, like, alright. Now, text. This person has no idea I'm going to read it all, but it's so awesome and, I think, compelling and just creative. Uh, And when you hear this, you'll say only the Spirit of God can come up with, like, can motivate a heart to think like this. So here's a text that I got uh, in that time frame. I have an idea that I just brought up to my family, and I want to hear some thoughts. So what if... We developed a group of men at the village church that mirror David's mighty men. He's probably going to kill me for reading this. A group of 30 guys at the village church that at the request of the elders can mobilize at a moment's notice, all for the church in Christ's kingdom, whether it be building maintenance, community outreach, service, or even prayer. Whatever the needs be, these men are loyal to the end at all costs, whatever the church asks of them, when no one else does. Can I get an amen from somebody on that, right? So I'm sitting here and I'm like, oh, Jesus, can you just give me some examples of the church's generosity and how you're moving in their heart? And I just look back and I'm like, literally, in a, a span of 18 hours, and this isn't including the six other um, emails, voice messages, and correspondence I had from after this moment until thursday okay Uh, and so this week the holy spirit was like michael you just got to relax dude i got this you preach the word you build the bridges and let me do the work you don't need to guilt them and everybody they're honestly we're in a different place right we're all taking greater steps toward being generous with our time with our talents but here's the third one i think that just just irks some of us and this is with our treasures this isn't just money it's your stuff you know it's it's all the stuff you put your hope and your confidence in or at least that you're tempted to uh, and here's very simply why I would love to see the village church grow in financial generosity because here's what I know when God has your money he has your heart and my desire is for him to have your heart more than anything else in this world here's, here's what I know when you're not just obedient but generous. Jesus owns you. And I cannot think of a greater joy as a shepherd of the village church than to see that Jesus owns your heart. The greatest enemy to our hearts is our money. And, in, and if you think for some reason this is just a means to get your money, give it to another church, I don't care. Okay, Here's what I want to see. I want to see that your heart is disentangled from the idolatry and the love of money. I want to read you what John Piper said. I think this is just beautiful. This is what happens when somebody comes to Christ, and this is the what happens in our soul with money something has happened in the heart so that the basic desire is now to give and share as much as possible instead of keep as much as possible it is as though there was a magnet in the soul They used to be turned so that it pulled possessions into itself. But now something has happened to turn it around to the other pole so that it pushes things out toward others. It's like something has happened. Like the Holy Spirit is starting to turn the magnet. And instead of a life of hoarding, and instead of a life of saving constantly and building our empire of stuff, the Holy Spirit's like, give it away. Or allow other people to enjoy it with you. Figure out what generosity looks like. So whether it is your time, or it's your talents, or it's your treasure, whichever place God has you, if you're obedient in one, my prayer for you is that you'd learn to be generous in it. And if you're generous in one, I pray you take the next level. And and when you think and you step back and you say, man, am I generous. My My desire for you is to look to Jesus and to see the greatest act of generosity in human history and to know that whatever level of generous you've attained, there's more to go there is more opportunity to share and to give what is mine for the joy and blessing of other people. So I want to make this as simple as possible. Let's build um, a bridge for you. Number one, do I want anything from you? No. We want something for you. We want you to know that which is truly life. Now, what I want to do with you is you received when you came in a service pamphlet. Um, some of you are trying to figure out right now you're like you know i want to give god more of my time i want to give god more of my talents and this has nothing to do with money um, this simply has to do with you figuring out where you fit um, so here's what i'm going to do i'm going to assume that you have the ability to read and if you don't that you know somebody who can read and when you go home um, with your wife or with your family or with your kids i just want to ask that you would read through this. And I'll give you a few little highlights on the first page it says attend one and serve one. And this is a simple motto. We ask people who are regular attendees and members, attend a service and serve somewhere once a week. That's our desire. And attend one, serve one. And so if you're not doing that, my expectation is that the Holy Spirit, sooner than later, um, is going to start moving in your heart and He's gonna step that up a little bit in your soul. He's gonna say, you know what, you're just attending one. You're what we might call a consumer. But I want to I want to I want to bring you up a little bit. I want to challenge you. I want to I want you to actually be a little bit of an owner now. I want you to start to take responsibility. Give some of your time. Some of you will be like, yeah, I give my time to these special events. And he's going to say, why don't you give your time to something weekly, right? Um, no money, just you, and your time and your talents. And then the rest of this are opportunities at the Village Church. Believe me, this isn't everything. Some of you have got a lot of ideas. Bring your ideas. Let's talk. Let's dream. Um, But there are just a lot of things that need to be done. And so if you love kids, even if you don't love kids, just kidding. If you love kids, um, there's always an opportunity to serve in our Village Kids Ministry. And you can see all of the opportunities here. And uh, this is a beautiful opportunity to pour your life into young ones and to help... Um, love on their family and shape them we have a first impressions team i am unusually passionate about first impressions Um, i love greeters right i just think to myself the person it's their first time in church um, in years they've only had bad experiences and they come into our church and they meet somebody who's genuinely nice not overcompensating or fake Uh, they come into an environment where they can hear the word of god hear the gospel lift high the name of jesus Uh, I, i just love the first impressions team and all the avenues from um, parking, hospitality. I mean, do you make good food on a regular basis? Bring it. We love to eat. It's amazing. Amen? Somebody give me some amens on this one. Gosh. Um, you might have worked at a, at a coffee house. We need people to work in the, in the um, cafe. And, and you have these experiences, little do you know it, that have more than enough prepared you to do what we need you to do. Are you happy, right? And do you like people? Be a greeter, right? Nothing's worse than a miserable greeter. But if you're happy, right, <laughs> and you're not discontent and you don't hate the church, you know, Great. That's, you go to the orange page, it's our Sunday experience. I mean, I've heard people say this, you guys have enough musicians. No, we don't. Um, we never have enough musicians, okay? So do you want to play? Um, we'll make sure you're as good as you think you are, right? And then we'll figure it out from there. And, uh, but we we love musicians and we love seeing people grow in this and to use their gifts and their passions and there's something about music that is so um, satisfying to lift up and to use and redeem for the sake of jesus with god's people um, we especially need lead guitar so if you're good at lead guitar come talk to us we would love to talk with you amen amen all the guys in the back are like yeah we could use more Um, We have a weekday team, so maybe you can't do it on a Sunday morning. Um, Whether it's connections, design and technology, general administrative support. I mean, some of you are so geeky. You're like, everything is in a room. I am administrative, right? And we need you. Man, we love administrative people. And uh, all the non-administrative people are like, amen, right? Uh, Finally, on the back here, this will be for you. Fill it out when you want, if you want, how you want. And it's a very simple opportunity for you to just say, hey, I'm interested. And here's our commitment. We'll respond to you. We will call you or email or set up a time to get together uh, because we want to honor what the Holy Spirit is doing in your life if he's moving you to greater generosity in terms of your time or your talents the treasures part of it you go do a wrestling match with the Holy Spirit and I'd love to talk with you about that if that's something you're working through but this isn't a money pitch I don't have some big project that we're pitching for right now our desire is to build a bridge that can help you be more generous in the most practical ways possible so I hope you know that we love you I hope you know that um, we want something for you to know that which is truly life let's pray together well father I I'm just so grateful um, I have so much stuff. And I know I just, there's so many hearts in this room that resound with an amen when we say that. Um, more than we could ever ask or imagine or need 50 times over. Um, and so God, thank you. God, I pray you would teach each of us, particularly myself, to complain less and enjoy more. And God, may your Holy Spirit do what only you can do. Would you break the chains of idolatry and the love of money in our hearts? Would you by your spirit turn the magnet of our hearts so that we desire to give away and to be generous above and beyond just obedience and God for those in this room who are just taking those first steps of obedience I pray you would encourage them and you would affirm them and that they would know that that step toward obedience is a beautiful work of the Holy Spirit and so Lord we um, happily submit ourselves to you we confess that we are greedy and we are stingy and that we love our life and our money and our stuff But we also confess that you are better, and we need your help to experience more fully that which is truly life by the power of the Holy Spirit through faith in Jesus. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. Amen.